Welcome to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. Two Writing Teachers is a meeting place for a world of reflective writers. Here on the podcast, we're excited to talk about ways to create, lead, and sustain joyful and productive writing workshops. My name is Stacey Schubitz, and I'm here with my colleague, Melanie Meehan. Let's work together to inspire and empower students to be competent, brave, and confident writers. Welcome back to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. I am excited to be here with Stacey Schubitz, and we are talking about the slice of life, which is coming up. Stacy, welcome. Tell us about slice of life and how it all began. Sure. So think back, 2008, snowy Rhode Island. Um, I was trying to get my students to write in their writer's notebooks, and I had a student who went home and he wrote this piece of writing that was, you know, different than anything he had written in his notebook before. And it was all about his sister whose, I think it was her necklace that they lost, that she lost in the house. And they, there were four kids in the family and they basically were tearing apart the house looking for this piece of jewelry. And he described it with such great clarity. And in the end, it landed up being on her body. And he was not happy. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard this story. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. He had written this piece and he. I was checking notebooks and I read it and I said, this is like slice of life writing. This is just a snippet of your afternoon as the big brother in a family of four and the craziness that could ensue when there's a problem in your house. And I had remembered that there was a reporter in New York City on CBS several years before who had done slice of life pieces. And it just kind of triggered something in my mind. And I did a quick internet search and I was like, oh, I can just have my kids write slice of life pieces in their notebooks. Again, it's February of 2008, and I'm thinking, hmm, March is coming. Um, it was the one-year anniversary of the death of my grandmother, who I was super close with, and I was not handling it well inside of me. And I was like, we're just going to shake things up in March, and we're going to do this challenge, and everyone's going to write every day for the month of March. And you know, yes, there were extrinsic extrinsic rewards involved with, you know, if you wanted to um, write for, I think it was 25 to 30 days, you would get some type of writerly prize. And if you wrote for all 31 days, then there would be like a slice of cake party for those writers. And I think I like scrapbooked all their pieces because I was really into scrapbooking back then. And so I was like, oh, let's try this. And it went really well simultaneously, Two Writing Teachers was a very new blog. And we had a very small community of dedicated readers. And I threw this out there to them. And I said, hey, let's do this. Let's write every day for the month of March on our own blogs. And we will come together and we will share a link to our writing. And we'll get to know each other better. And again, this was formed in part to kind of comfort myself at a time that was really difficult for me. It caught on. People joined. And it wasn't a ton of people. I want to say there was like a group of probably 15 or 20 people the first year. And um, Allie Edwards, who is like a scrapbook extraordinaire and author, donated one of her books or one of her classes. I don't know. It's so long ago, Melanie. I don't 100% remember. But that is how it started. 
and why it started. And then it was like, oh, this went well. So in 2009, let's try it again. And I tried it again in my classroom. It went better the second year because I knew what I was doing. And we had more people sign up that second year on two writing teachers because, again, it was established. So that is how it began. And we are about to enter our 16th annual Slice of Life Story Challenge during the month of March, in March of 2023. I cannot believe that we are this many years in, but here we are. But here we are. Yeah. I I am not one of the original slicers, I think. And every year I'm like, wait, is this my 10th year or my 11th year? (laughs) I think this is my 11th year and I'm not positive about it. I will say that one of the cool things about it for me is that when I started doing it, my oldest daughter also did it. And Mm -hmm. I think she was 15. And again, we have to go back and be like, wait, were you 15 or 16? (laughs) Because I remember kind of that out, right? Yeah. But every year she has done it also. And, and I've got to watch her grow up from this high school student to a college student to now this like amazing, thriving young adult. She's not a young adult. She's an adult adult now. And it's really cool to be able to watch that. And it's also neat with the people who have been doing this for many years, it's like, wait a second, didn't you just have like an elementary school kid? Like how is your kid graduating from college? And we get to see people grow up. We get to see people change in their professional lives. And it's just really cool to see how time is marching along and we're capturing it through our writing. Yeah, no, it's a really cool thing because of that. I will also say, and I guess to an extent, this podcast is a bit of a pitch of a, if if this is something that you have ever considered, tried out. And if it's something that you're listening to and you're like, oh, I would consider, come on in. Because more than anything else, one of my guiding beliefs about being a, a teacher who teaches kids to write is that it's critical to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And Slice of life for me makes me a writer throughout the month of March. And I'm a writer throughout the year. It's different. It's different it's when different. you're doing it every day. It's different. You And you end up teaching writing better because you're slicing. So that's one of the pitches. And I will also say that beyond your teaching life, you end up a better person almost in your personal life because you start to notice and celebrate the little things that happen in a way that you don't even appreciate or imagine. That is so true. I think about the daily slog of life and it's a slog sometimes Um, just getting kids out the door to go to school with all of their clothes on and with an ice pack in their lunchbox is like a lot. But if we slow down to notice these ordinary moments in our lives, we can make them extraordinary. And I feel like that is part of living a meaningful life is taking a look at what you have, recording it, making more out of it by putting it down on the page or on the screen and sharing it with others. I think when I write my slice of life, my audience has changed. Like, yes, I am writing to other people in this global community of writers or for them, because I know that other people are reading my writing, but I'm also writing to my parents 
And, you know, they read the blog every day. They read it every Tuesday throughout the year. And they get upset if I don't show up on a Tuesday because they want to see a story that's usually about their grandkids because that's kind of my niche for, niche for Slice of Life. I try and write about that. But I'm also kind of writing a love letter to my children. I know that Isabel knows about my blog. Ari has no idea what a blog is. It's it's a love letter to my kids. And it's it's showcasing what they are like at this moment in time. And we can look back at past moments that I probably would have forgotten about. But they're there. They're captured. They're in a story form. And they're wonderful. And, you know, so it, it, it's also a way of preserving the memories of their childhood, some of which are a little bit not great. You know, if you read my... <laughs> my slices lately. We've been having some challenging times here, but they'll look back on it and they'll either be really happy that I recorded it or they will hold it against me when they pick my nursing home. Either way, it's written down. It's like your big scrapbook, right? Without Mm -hmm. all of the stickers and tedium of scrapbooking. Yeah, I gave that up. (laughs) That's why I value it so much with Larkin. Like it's, it was that connection that it, we have together writing every day, but I can also look back and be like, oh, I forgot that you were doing that. And mm-hmm. look, you sliced while you were away in your college abroad year. Like there's just so many cool things. One of my daughters, my second daughter, for those of you who don't know me, I have four. Uh, one of my daughter's birthdays is in March. And so every March 19th, my slice of life has been about Julia. And she's kind of grown up with her birthday slices. So that's kind of a cool thing. One of the things I'm thinking about as I'm even listening to you talk about, and I don't know that I've thought about it this intentionally before, is how aligned the slice of life practice is with the core and guiding beliefs that I have about writing instruction. Mm-hmm. With one being that kids should have teachers who write. And it Mm -hmm. certainly covers that. But another that kids need an audience and the slice of life as you're talking about your audience, it just makes me so aware of how it provides the participants with an audience, both with each other, because we are all reading each other's writing. That's part of the system. And we haven't even talked about that yet. For those Mm -hmm. of you who are like, what are they talking about? Hang on, we're going to get to it. It also gives you the daily practice of writing. And I am such a believer that kids in classrooms need to have that daily practice of writing and the time on task and the time with their tasks, wrangling their thoughts and going through the tedium of getting their thoughts down on on the page. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's such a natural and organic way of combining those beliefs. And I really love that. Yeah, my very first literacy coach, Pat Warner, who is happily retired now, told me I had a right. She had been at the Manhattan New School. For anyone who doesn't know Manhattan New School, just Google it. That is like the hotbed of writing workshop in New York City. And she said to me, you have to write. And so I I just have always written because that was year one of my classroom teaching. And that is the purpose of the community. It is a community of educators who are writing because Everyone here believes that teachers need to write if they're expecting their students to write. And you can empathize with students and sit beside them writer to writer in a conference and really have more clout because you are a writer yourself. And I think when we, when I was in the classroom regularly, 
I, my, my audience was different. I was writing because I was sharing with my students. So my audience was also my students. Um, and I think we often don't think about audience enough. I remember when I was teaching a graduate course in the teaching of writing, it was a K to 12 course. And oh my gosh, that's a large span. But I spent a whole week on audience because it's something that I think people ignore that we need to think a little bit more deeply about who is that audience? Why am I writing for them? And what are what am I expecting them to get out of this? No, it does change up how you say things and what you write. And this practice, this slice of life practice, just builds that awareness in such a real and authentic way that crosses over and transcends into transcends from teachers' writing lives into their teaching lives mm-hmm. in a really important way. Stacy, will you just say a few sentences about how it works for the people sure. who are listening and are like, okay, this sounds interesting. Like, let's go back to like, yes, this sounds interesting. It might be something I would take, would take, take on. What, what, just explain how it works. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the logistics for the March challenge, not our Tuesday year round. That's a little bit more. There are almost two separate silos, if you will, of doing this, right? There's the March challenge where we're writing every day and it extends throughout the year to the meeting of slicers every Tuesday that we host on two writing teachers. So, so let me bring that up in front. Talk about March. Yeah, let's talk about March. So basically the first thing that you need is to find yourself a place to blog. You need a blog. You need a blog that is open for comments. So I advise checking out either Blogger or WordPress. Um, I am partial to WordPress. Melanie's probably partial to Blogger, and that's okay. Those are the two I would suggest. We've had people in the past who wanted to post something on a website that had closed comments or that was a Padlet. That's really not what we're looking at. You need to set up a blog. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is once your blog is set up and you want to do that before March 1st, you're going to sign up. There's going to be a sign up on February 1st over at Two Writing Teachers. You're going to fill out a form and sign up. That's how we know that you are ready to commit to this. You'll get some emails, not a ton, but you'll get some emails leading up to the challenge, just kind of getting you ready and helping you think of like how to get started on those very first days. So then Once you have your blog and you are signed up on March 1st, you head over to Two Writing Teachers, which is twowritingteachers.org. And every day for the month of March, you're going to look for what's called the Call for Slice of Life Stories. And it is basically a blog post on Two Writing Teachers that is asking you to share the link to your slice of life story. Okay, it's not the link to your blog. It's the permalink to whatever you publish each day. And we have posts that I'll link in the show notes that will explain the logistics of what is a permalink? How do I link up? What's a teaser? Like, well, if you look through the show notes, we'll give you a few really key critical posts to check out for that. But basically, every day you are going to your blog, you're writing a slice of life story, I suggest that people write it about their everyday lives in the month of March. Some people will do something that's a memory that harkens back to something else. That's okay. If you keep it fresh and you're kind of writing about the things that happen in your day-to-day life in the month of March, you're just living with a much more of a wide awake awareness of, of your world. You'll go, you'll like kind of leave a little teaser or sentence saying, you know, I'm new here and I wrote about da-da-da today and here's my permalink. 
people are going to visit your blog and they're going to leave you comments. But also you're going to visit other blogs that you see in the comments. And the expectation is that you visit at least three other slicers. That's what we call ourselves, slicers. You visit three other slicers blogs each day and leave a meaningful comment. Not like, fabulous, happy to read this. It's kind of like what you would want as a writer coming back to you. So comment on some aspect, make a personal, a small personal connection. You know what to do. You know what you like when people give you comments and feedback. So give that to somebody else. So every day you just keep showing up for the month of March and we will share some inspirational writing quotes. We will share some tips every day. There are some little special things that happen on weekends, but that's, you know, getting into the nitty gritty. So basically what you want to do is have a blog, sign up, and then show up. Yeah, Stacy got really into the nitty gritty and don't let any of that panic you because <laughs> there's so much support in this in this community. There is so many posts and so much information available about how to do all of this. And that's great for all of the people who learn by reading, but there's also a natural community and people who are out there to answer your questions and support you and and just make you feel like the most welcome human being ever in this whole community. So Mm -hmm. if you're at all thinking about, I would say, come on, because Again, you just you learn so much about yourself as a writer. You learn so much about yourself as a teacher of writing. And what Stacy was just starting to get into, and it's not a small thing, is the idea of feedback and what you can say to other writers and what you want to hear as a writer. And it's a really big deal. So really give it give it thought. We would love to have you. You just make these connections and like through comments, not because you're picking up the phone and having a conversation or a text comment, but through like these stories and comments, you're building these huge connections. And I will just say, my parents always read my blog and, you know, my dad especially will be like, oh, I saw what da 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 said about this, or, you know, I saw they showed up on your blog again. And like, he's starting to know who these people are. It's really kind of cute. My parents are not educators. And my dad never worked in education. And it's just really interesting to see how he into it he gets and how he starts learning about other people because of things they share. So feedback is a huge part of it. And it's just a way to really connect with other people in the community. And that's how you grow your circle, both personally and professionally. And there is a professional component to this. Um, There are lots of people who are really striving to become professional writers and who are professional writers. And if that's your jam, you can seek out those people and build your community that way. Right. Really strong communities form within and around it. So don't discount that. Stacey, do you also do you want to say a word also about the community that forms in April with the classroom challenge? I would love to. So the classroom challenge is really just an outgrowth of what I did in my classroom back in 2008 and 2009. It's electronic. It has ebbed and flowed and changed in different ways through the years. Kathleen Sokolowski has really reframed and reshaped it. She is a third grade teacher. She's one of our contributing writers and she realized that it was just too much to write every day, to be part of this writing community every day, and to comment meaningfully on other people's posts. 
and to run it in her classroom at the same time. So she was like, you know, let's just move it to April. And at first I was like, oh, no, no, it needs to stay. And then she really talked me through her reasoning. And I was like, oh, that's that's smart. And it's changed. It's not like dropping links in the comments anymore. There's a Padlet that's involved with it. But basically, you are getting your students to write every day and you're kind of running the challenge in a way that's meaningful and valuable to your students. So there are tips, there are tricks, there are suggestions that are posted every Sunday throughout the month of April. And there is this Padlet that links to other kids' writing. So let me give a personal example. Jessica Carey is another one of our contributing writers, and she had both of her daughters slicing last year. And they are, you know, around the second to fifth grade range. My daughter was at home last year, homeschooling, and I encouraged her to start a blog and do slice of life writing and take part in the classroom challenge. And she did. And she was, you know, her blog was on the Padlet. And it was really cool because Jess's kids and my daughter were like reading each other's writing and commenting back and forth. And there were other kids as far away as Saudi Arabia who were giving Isabel comments and who she was commenting on their blog. And it, 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 it requires adult support. So anyone who's under the age of 18 needs to be in the classroom challenge, whether they are someone's student, whether they are someone's child or whether it's a whole class. We have full classes from around the world participating in this, but there needs to be some adult supervision. There needs to be support to help kids realize what is appropriate to share in a blog post, what is a slice of life story, what it isn't, um, how to safeguard their personal information and not give away too much to keep them safe and to teach good internet security behavior, and also how to give a comment um, and how to leave feedback. So it's kind of the same things that we're practicing as adults, but with a bit more guidance during the month of April for students who are taking part in this. Stacy, I want to close this podcast by thanking you because the slice of life has been such an integral part of my world in March for the last 12 years, and it really has expanded me professionally and personally. And I think there are many, many other people who would say that. So again, let's just close with a great round of gratitude to you and all of the work and effort that you have put into this throughout the years. I appreciate it. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you for listening to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the items we mentioned in this episode, as well as ways to connect with us. For more about the teaching of writing, head over to the Two Writing Teachers blog at twowritingteachers.org. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with your friends and colleagues, post about it on social media, like, subscribe, and leave us ratings and reviews. Our music is by Lemon Music Studio. If you'd like to connect with us, email us at contact at twowritingteachers.org. Thanks again for listening. Let's teach, learn, and write on together.